The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Yeah! The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet-purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast, courtesy of the Realm Network, here at the Rough House, where black people and white people watch wrestling, and Hispanic people too, and all people. Hi, hello everyone, welcome. Hello, shalom, welcome, good day, good evening, good afternoon. Well, hello there, hi there. Kick out the feet, relax, enjoy. Buckle up, because we're going full gear, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, that's where we would hit like a rap air horn or something. (laughs) (laughs) That's the next phase. I've I've figured out how to streamline our recording process. i got to figure out how to get a soundboard in here. Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah, we will we will go full morning radio with all the zizzles and the zazzles and the bullshit. Um, but that's Christoph and Marty on the rough house. Hey, five thirty to ten. Talk like this all day. Crazy iron the douche. Um, so hi guys, I'm Marty Uh, and I'm Christoph. Welcome. We're both tired. Yeah, it was uh, it was a slightly longer night than I think we anticipated. Um. It definitely uh, took the uh, rent of the building for uh, for what it was worth. Yeah, yeah. So last night, folks, your boys were live and in person at All Elite Wrestling's uh, latest pay-per-view event, Full Gear, which came to you mm-hmm. from the Chicken Box, the Royal Farms Arena here in beautiful, scenic Baltimore, Maryland. In uh, the shithole terrible city that is Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> but in one of the nicer parts of the shithole city of Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah. You know, in a, in a half a block radius either way, yes. you're dead. Yes. So, no, uh, you know. Accurate. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it was a hell of a show. Uh, before we jump into it, uh, is there any, any news or anything from the week you wanted to touch on? Well... I guess I guess we could do a little little quick chronological recap of the week. Yes. Um, Raw was not good. Nope. Um, so there's that. Uh, <laughs> uh, NXT was good. Very good. 
a, a very, very good episode. Uh, Dynamite also had a really good episode as the go-home show for Full Gear. Um, but in terms of in-ring work, I would say that NXT won the week. Yeah. Um, if we're keeping tabs on that, there were some some solid matches. We had uh, the Good Brothers show up at the NXT arena to to face off against Champa and the Limitless Bros. Um, so that was a fun team-up that was the main event. We had a really good match between Dijakovic and Swerve. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we had uh, Dakota Kai and Shayna Baszler in a really good uh, women's match as well. Um, that reminds me, this... we're, we are definitely going to get a Dakota Kai heel turn, right? Like, she's going to go full Bailey on this, right? Uh, I don't I don't know where it's headed. Do you think she's going to be the, the fourth person on Team Shayna? Um, this soon, I, I, I don't know if it'll be this soon. Um, okay. I mean, they could they could run back the old NWO sting angle where it's like comes out. Whose side is he on? You know, right. That, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely got the vibe. By the way, uh, Tegan Knox, what a, a fair weather fucking friend uh, on Team Kick there. I know. Right. She was just like, yes. Sorry. Yeah, bye. Yeah. yeah you support, go hang out with the cool kids. You supported me through my double knee rehab. Yeah. Uh, now I'm just gonna hang out with uh, with the metalhead and her pals later. Let me go get that takeover money. You yeah. can hang out over here, bitch. Jesus Christ! You know what? It, it, the fact that Tegan Knox is not the biggest heel in NXT just for that is is some bullshit. <laughs> I mean, they they already had her and and Shayna teaming up on SmackDown last Friday, not this past yeah. Friday, but the Friday before. So it's true. Uh, I, I guess we should have been um, prepared for it, but uh, yeah, that's some bullshit. Yeah. Um, anything else notable happened on NXT? I'm trying to think. Um... Nothing huge. Nothing huge. I mean, we no. did get the confirmation that uh, ostensibly there will be two war games. The men's war mm-hmm. games will be Champa and a crew against uh, the uh, Undisputed Era. So I guess we're getting two war gameses. Yep. Um, uh, and I beyond that, I'm not sure. I, well, it looks like we're leading to Balor and Gargano. Yeah. And also, it looks like we're going to get a triple threat with uh, Dunn, Dane, and um, Damian Priest. Oh, yeah. Damian Priest really impressed me this week, by the way. Uh, you For... know what? I'm telling you, he's really turned it on and yeah. uh, is, is, is kind of somebody I look forward to watching now, which is not something I ever said about Punishment Martinez. No. But Damian no. Priest, however, is it's kind of coming together. I don't know what they're uh, putting in the water down at full sail, but whatever it is, it, it's melding his 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 frame and his mannerisms and his crisp work uh, together, and, and I'm into it. Yeah, and then uh, the week came to a, a rather uh, unceremonious end uh, with a five-hour taping in the UK. Oof. Uh, two hours of SmackDown followed by three hours of Raw. Uh, the SmackDown show is already aired. It was not good, and I'm here to tell you that the Raw show, I will not spoil segments, but I will tell you. It's not good. <laughs> the notable things uh, from the SmackDown show were Imperium mm-hmm. uh, coming in. And who do they attack? Uh, heavy Machinery. Oh, that's right. Poor poor Otis. Otis and the other guy. Mm-hmm. Um, they both got uh, the those. No, he's Dozovic. Uh, what's the uh, other Tucker. guy's name? Tucker. Tucker. Yeah. Tucker Carlson. No, wait. That's not yep, it. Yep, Tucker he's Carlson. Bow- it's, he's the bow tie dick. It's, it's uh, Otis and Tucker Carlson. That's You nailed it. <laughs> Which is weird, then. You'd think Imperium would be on his side, but, you know. <laughs> even Walter. Walter uh, even getting in on the dirty work there. Yeah. And they were chased off by, I believe it was the New Day, Apollo Crews, and somebody else? 
Uh, Ali. Yes. Ali. Yeah, which tells you Uh, what they think of Imperium as a a faction. Yeah, if if you're being run off by Apollo Crews, then then it ain't uh, ain't too hot. Also, Shayna Baszler uh, attacking Bailey again, so I'm I'm here for that. Yeah. Oh, shit, that's actually the one good thing that was on Raw, the sit-down with Shayna and Becky. Oh, yeah, that's true. That was was fucking great. Like, that was... uh, Shayna's ready. Oh, yeah. No, she's been ready. Yeah. At, at the time, I guess there wasn't anybody in, you know, that they were ready to fully commit to in the NXT yeah. women's division, which is weird because there's a lot of talent down there. But yeah. for whatever reason, maybe Papa H, uh, Papa H, Papa H, Papa H just didn't want to let her let her go, um, yeah. which is a possibility. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and but seeing her and Becky verbally spar. I'm and like, okay. Becky got that smirk on her face where she's like, yeah. you know what? This is good shit. <laughs> like, all right, bitch, let's go. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I am uh, I'm here for that because it, it elevates both people. Um, and, you know, not to take anything away from Heel Bailey, but to take a little bit away from Heel Bailey, I yeah. really want to see Becky and Shayna one on one, which yeah. I feel like will happen. eventually. I, I will give Bailey all the credit in the world, uh, as unfortunately is sort of the thing these days. Uh, she had to go into business for herself on Twitter. And yeah. put, she put over the fact that she's only one of the three in that match who's held all three of those titles. That's true. So, uh, That's true. Credit where credit is due. She built her own uh, storyline there and her own purpose for being in the match. Uh, it's sad that's not on TV. Kind of akin to uh, Kenny Omega on Saturday afternoon tweeting about how Riho and uh, Emi Sakura had had the storied history. Yeah, the storied history with like 130 some odd matches and and all that. Like that's the shit that should have been in the video package. I mean, they yes. they touched on their history a bit in the video package before, as we'll get to. But yeah. it just was like. Wow, why why wasn't that on the two hours of television known as Dynamite? Not yeah, that Dynamite was a bad show this week. It's just the, I think it was one of the better of yeah. the six that they've done. Um, yeah. Honestly, there was there was a really great match to open up the show with uh, with Trent and um, Pack. Uh, yeah. Keep on wanting to say Pac, and I have to stop myself. Yeah. Uh, despite a little, slightly botched, well, not slightly, it was a total botch finish. Uh, but sorry, Bryce, uh, yeah. it happens to the best of us. Yeah, and and Bryce uh, seemingly live last night got some heat for well, just existing. That was kind of weird. Well, every ref got heat last night because Baltimore crowds are full of fucking morons. But we'll more on that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also on Dynamite, we had uh, Cody Rhodes cutting the promo of his career, perhaps. I would love to see uh, how much that added to the buy rate and or the live attendance last night, because that was an all timer. Um, it just, just a real basic, simple promo, the hot, hot, fiery baby face. I'm coming for you. I want revenge, you yeah. know, uh, doing uh, it for all these people. Yeah. You know. Uh, calling him, uh, a, a, you know, a stupid dick, uh, with a, a silver spoon in his mouth as well. You know, all these things. Yeah. I, I thought it was really good. And by the way, yes, the Chris Jericho book is available on Amazon for $3. Yes. Which is such a great thing to just pull up obviously you know he's jericho's had like what four books or something like that something ridiculous like that only the first one's worth reading well yeah but they're all over 10 years old i think so obviously they're not going to be going for uh uh, retail price but still it's it's just a great little added thing that they that he threw in there and from what i heard it was all cody who put that promo together um and you know the only thing he had to uh, run up the ladder was if he could say stupid dick or not um so you know in my 
uh, history of broadcast experience. If you're calling somebody a dick, you're okay, but you can't talk about somebody's dick. Yes, yes. Uh, Same uh, with asshole. Proper noun, not generalized (laughs) noun. Right, um, yeah. I'm not good with language arts, yes, so I wouldn't have yes. known the actual uh, tense and whatever. Yeah, um, and uh, I mean, continuing on, on the Dynamite show, we had that incredible Chris Jericho video package, which I wish Ugh. I wish they had replayed some of it uh, at the show last night, uh, where Sammy Guevara put over uh, Jericho as the youngest AEW champion of all time. Jake Hager um, just stood there and didn't say yeah. a word. Thank Christ. That was the the perfect use of him. And I, you know, I give yeah. Jericho credit for that um, because I know that he was Hager was Jericho's idea uh, for somebody to come in as the heater. They're calling him the big hurt um, yeah, yeah, yeah. now, apparently, which I don't know if Frank Thomas owns the I, I copyright on say, that or like, not, but <laughs> all I'm thinking of is in the 16 big days, you know, big hurt baseball. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. One of the many uh, unlicensed uh, MLB games. Uh, yeah, of which like there were quite a few. But not the team licensed. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I loved that. Uh, Patricia Bobinski or whatever her name was. Uh, <laughs> yes. I hope he beats Cody's ass on Saturday. Yes, his aunt's friend from church. Have uh, some ribbon candy. Uh, and of course, <laughs> the AEW debut of Virgil. Yeah. A.K.A. Vincent. Soul Train Jones? What yes. was it? Soul Train okay. Jones, the only name of his that is not owned by WWE. Oh, man. So great. And yeah. I love it. And just, you know, you know, he's he just taking that money and blowing it on cocaine and whores. Oh, well, and uh, Olive Garden. Rent. If, well, yes. <laughs> uh, but Olive Garden, if, if his Twitter accounts be believed. By the uh, way, the I saw... Olive Garden line was a 10. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I'm not sure if uh, I'm not sure uh, if this is true or not. And, I can, and unfortunately, because, you know, I'm a great uh, host who preps. Uh, I don't recall who tweeted this, but someone tweeted um, about the segment and said, quote, that was my AEW hoodie that he wore for the shot. And he left with it. So uh, oh, that's the most Virgil thing I've ever heard. So, in my life. Uh, yeah. Vir- Somebody's out Virgil's, 60 bucks. Yeah. Virgil's still Virgiling uh as as well he can um and then, right. he course, can have he can add three more letters to his banner at uh at cons now yes yes and i'm sure it will be a, a post-it note on the pre-existing banner um <laughs> uh just a great show had a big uh big schmoz to finish the show out i'm not the first time they've done that but it, it felt appropriate for the go home show to see all yeah. the different pairings of of different teams and so on got you hyped for it yeah, uh, and um, also, if you hadn't watched it, they showed some of it during the pre-show. There's a fantastic countdown show that they <laughs> threw on YouTube. Uh, it's a shame that it wasn't on TNT or something like that, because it probably could have peaked the buy rate a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but just a great go-home uh, uh, countdown show that, that they put together with awesome promos from Santana and Ortiz. Really yep. cool video package with uh, Kenny Omega and John Moxley, where you got to see his MRSA-infected elbow. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's yeah, it's serious gross. harsh shit. Um, but really, who, whoever is behind the scenes right now, I think it's Kevin Sullivan. Not that Kevin Sullivan, but right. former Impact, Kevin Impact Sullivan. Uh, video guy Kevin Sullivan really doing some great work there. But it all led to the big show. We were there live. 
Um, so we can talk about it from a live uh, audience perspective. I did yes. uh, while spinning down last night. I, I hopped to some of my usual haunts to get some uh, of the fan response to the show as it aired on pay-per-view. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the little nuances we might have missed, some of the things that we missed on commentary. I hear it was a rough night for Jim Ross. Um, oh, really? Yes. And what's kind of weird is they talked about... Because there's no Shivani, right? No Shivani. And they talked about... Because he had a prior engagement. They talked about Golden Boy being a commentator for the show. And apparently he was only on the pre-show or only put on for part of the show. Because hmm. by the end of the night, it was just JR and Excalibur. And apparently JR fell into his JR-isms as, as the night went on. Yeah. Old man yells at Cloud about pro wrestling sorts of yeah, things. Yeah. Oh, you got tagging now. Violence yeah, is on there. Why, why didn't he hook the leg? Um, yeah, slobber some barbecue sauce on there. You but, know, the typical Rossisms. Um, but what other, what were some of the other um, takeaways? Uh, from the from the, from the people online. Uh, well, watched. I can say, uh, speaking generally, I'll, I'll I'll try to pepper in some of the things that we apparently missed. Um, okay. You know, as we cover the show itself, uh, one of the big takeaways. Uh, a lot of people talk about how the the crowd kind of sucked. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was actually from the live response. I thought it was actually a decent crowd response throughout the show. There were some moments where they weren't not as into the, into the show, like the Riho Emi Sakura match. Although I think Riho and Sakura uh, won them over by the end of the match. Yeah. Um, considering the history of going to Baltimore Arena uh, live wrestling events, I thought it was a very good response. All things considered. I mean, it's still surreal to me to see an arena full of people cheering for Kenny Omega or the Lucha Brothers or, or any of these other folks. It's, yeah. It's still very, excuse me, still very like, holy shit, how is this even humanly possible? I, th- I think I think at times <clears throat> the crowd was hot, but I also noticed um, some moments in matches, even with matches with, you know, people that were over and got big pops when they came out where it was just kind of silent and everybody was just kind of sitting there going through the motions um you know and these people being professionals and being able to get a crowd back into a match and stuff like that helped Mm -hmm. but i did notice um some lulls the length of the show didn't help matters any um you know most people got to their seats between 7 and 7 30 and the show didn't end till what going on 12 yeah, yeah, it, it was like 11.40, 11.45 by, by the time we were actually getting out of there, which was surprising. I I had heard earlier in the week that the show was scheduled to go until 11.30, and they uh, blew past that. Um, yeah, but, uh, but crowd-wise, you know, there were people that were noticeably more over um, than others. This crowd didn't seem one to be into any sort of women's wrestling. Uh, the two yeah. matches that they had did not get great reactions. No. Um, our section up in 228, there were some just fucking morons doing really stupid chants. And mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to get that anywhere. You know, I don't yeah. even I don't even think I got to talk about it. But when we were at uh, Dynamite for the first show, you know, there were people behind us who were chanting AEW, AEW. And I just I just roll my head, <laughs> roll my eyes in the back of my head. And I'm just like, dude, are, are you even why are you even here? Do you not know what what, the, what this is and how this works? Uh, but you know, I guess they're expanding the fan base back, and it's fine. People were there. Uh, people seemed to have a good time. Um, yeah. People, you know, there were uh, peaks and valleys in the action, and it was something 
something that AEW has done well is offer different styles of matches throughout their shows. Yes. You know, it's not like going to, you know, a PWG show where everything's a crazy spot fest. There are a match or two. There is a match or two like that on the bill, but you're also going to get an old school sort of, um, you know, slobber knocker fight match. You know, there was the ridiculous over the top self-indulgent hardcore match that we'll get to, um, you know, so there there were various sorts of things going on there, um, which which helps you know peak interest a little more. But it was it was it was a long night. I was tired by the end. Like the yeah. person who was sitting next to me, who thankfully was you know uh, somebody who knows is in the know, you know about uh, about pro wrestling, and you know mentioned Minoru Suzuki, and I'm like, oh, what's up? Yeah. Um, you know, she she was like, uh, people don't seem really excited. You're like, I think she said it directly to me. It's like, yeah. don't seem very excited to see Kenny Omega right now. It's like, I'm tired, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I I just had the the, the surreal moment that uh, that match, I, I said something to you like as Kenny was coming out. It's the first, yeah. t- considering how much I followed the guy, considering how many yeah. shows in the past you have gone to, the fact that that was going to be the first actual match of Kenny Omega that I get to see live because that six man at, at the Dynamite debut uh his He did like two moves. Uh, yeah, his his appearance was uh truncated by one yes. Jonathan Q Moxley. Uh the fact that this this was go- what I was going to see. It was not the best bout machine last night uh by no. any means. Um yeah. but it was interesting to see him try to uh play in in that sort of space. But we'll talk about that as we yeah. get there. In terms of the attendance um it could have been better. I don't, I don't think anyone would say sure. it was bad. I, it, it did surprise me. So when 7.30 hit, basically the hard cam side was empty. Just yeah. it, it, it looked really bad. By, you know, the time the show proper started, I will say uh, the, two, you know, the 100, 200 section of the hard cam side filled in pretty okay. The 300 section was null and void. Um, yeah, I don't know. They, they, they moved everybody over if they had bought tickets over there, I'd imagine. I'm not sure because we were in the side opposite the stage. So yeah. we're, we don't know what it looked like at the 300 level above us. Yeah. Um, if there are people up there or not. But the 300 level opposite hard cam and yeah. the whole opposite hard cam side was pretty much stacked and full, which yeah. is, you know, obviously what you want. Um, you know, and and it's like you said, by the time the show proper started, aside from the, you know, uh, dozen or so rows blocked off for the hard cam mm-hmm. and the section closest to the stage, uh, it was it was pretty much full, you know, yeah. and everybody – you know, everybody wants to take those photos at, you know, seven o'clock and say, oh, it's fucking empty. These guys can't draw. These guys eat ticks. You know, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. Uh, Look, at, wait, at, wait at the, the end of the day, show starts and get the get the photo. At the end of the day, I, I have no uh, vision into AEW's books. I don't know whether things are going well or going poorly. That's not my you know, for me to worry about. What I could say is on the whole, perhaps self-indulgent yeah. at times. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a good show. Yeah, it, it was a good show. I enjoyed it. I have some quibbles and I have some big yep. problems, yep. but uh, we will get to those as we progress through the show. We'll begin with uh, the aforementioned pre-show, which we were treated. Well, I'm, I don't know if I want to say treated, which we were uh, given a women's match, uh, a grudge match between B. Priestley and uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, who is a dentist as well as a pro wrestler. I'm not sure if you were aware of that, Marty. What? Really? She's- yeah, she's a dentist. She's a dentist, like a, a shoot dentist. She is a legitimate dental uh, MD, DMD. Oh, well, hey, 
good for her. Uh, it was a uh, it was a decent match between the two. They started out pretty hot and heavy, uh, which made sense considering the storyline of the match yeah. that uh, Britt was trying to get back at B because B's unprofessional and she works stiff and she tries to legitimately She's injure people. Reckless. Um, which I I can't say I love as a storyline. Like uh, you know, it's one of those everything else is fake and this is real type gimmicks. But well, I mean, you know. They, the it was kind of kind of like the Nia Jax uh, Becky Lynch thing. Yeah, you know it was something that happened that was an accident, but you kind of turn it into a story. And you know it, I will say it had more of a story than the Emi Sakura and Riho match. Yes, uh, going into it, so you know that's a positive. That you know one of the complaints about AEW 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 is yeah. that they uh, haven't been telling a lot of stories. You're just getting a lot of matches from for wrestling's sake. So. To their credit, this match did have a story. Um, and, and I can say I, it was effective. Uh, B got a lot of heat coming out. Britt mm-hmm. got uh, a lot of excitement coming out. So, you know, your your face is your face. Your heel is your heel. So uh, hats off to them. I mean, yes, it's the first match of the night, so people are going to be more hyped for that yeah. than pretty much anything else on the show. But, um, you know... Uh, Everyone played their spot and they played it well. Um, Mm -hmm. There were still some moments, as we've pointed out uh, throughout the the Dynamite shows, where uh, Britt looked a a half step behind uh, her her fellow wrestlers. Um, I think B really does have a superstar presence, even if she's, you know, kind of an unsafe shitlord. (laughs) She's, uh, She's a very good pro wrestler beyond that. Yeah, no, she's good. It seemed like she was having to like slow herself down so that Britt could could keep up. But she does have good presence. She has a great look. She sticks out, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially on that roster. Um, she's no Jamie Hayter, but you know who yeah, is? Who is? Um, just to circle back to Dynamite, uh, I am now president of the Jamie Hayter fan club. Yep. So you could please send all photos that you find of her in compromising positions to uh, our DMs. I would greatly appreciate At that. Roughhouse SGW. Or, that is correct. Or, or follow uh, us on the facing book, Mark. She is uh, she is a delight to watch, and <laughs> a, and and a good talent as well. And you know, you and I were riffing um, throughout the night. You know, wasting most of our material on each other. Uh, yes. But uh, there was something about i know we're circling back to dynamite and i apologize but uh it was in that uh for that tag match of yeah. women on wednesday it was uh hater and Amy sakura against riho and uh, shana 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 sorry shana yeah shana. who's also yes rising in the ranks in my uh in my very story. athletic yeah <laughs> uh but it was it was just the realism to their moves where um there was a Rana, and instead of doing, you know, the full-on forward flip where it looks unrealistic, mm-hmm. they just let the momentum carry them, and it, it, it looked natural and not polished. And that just kind of adds to the, you know, the illusion of of pro wrestling, and, yes. I, and I like that um, as well. But you know, uh, I think B does have. Uh, is she fully signed? Uh, in in so much as between Stardom tours, she will be there. Okay. All right. So, so I think she has potential to be a you know top player in the women's division in AEW. Britt Baker, maybe eventually. Yeah, I I, I will say the infusion of people like Jamie Hader, um, 
be Priestley being able to be on more shows, uh, the signing of Big Swole, and the rumored yeah. signing of one Mercedes Martinez uh, will yeah make that happen. Uh, improve the the AEW women's division. I, I think getting past this, you know, phase one show one booking, uh, trying to figure out what to do with the absence of Kylie Ray, what have you, is definitely was kind of a a weight on the feet of AEW's women's division. But I, I think yeah. they're they're getting to a good place, which is good to see. But um, Britt Baker ended up going over uh, after three attempts to get the lockjaw on, which I still think needs a better name. Um, yeah, I just think of the big teleporting dog. Yes. That's all I think yeah. of when I hear lockjaw. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. The the oral exam, something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think I it know. should be the dental dam, but that's just me. Hey. <laughs> Uh, that or she should make a, a whole to do of like much how uh, Mick Foley put on the sock before uh, he, he uh, puts on gloves and a yeah, mask. Yeah, snaps on the glove and then yeah. throws on the uh, the lock jaw and then um, does a prostate exam. Yes, um, but that's yes. unrelated to the match itself. Uh, no. But yeah, well, we had Baker, a post match angle. Yeah, too. Britt Baker goes over and we get a post match angle as the lights go out and the weird voodoo visions of one Brandy Rose starts playing and out comes Brandy looking. All of like uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, yes. um, and she is accompanied by an all in gold, awesome Kong, or as yeah, you called I, it, sh- looking like she should be in the live action Aladdin, awesome Kong. Yeah, it's just like she popped out of a lamp. Like, <laughs> all right, Brandy, Brandy's backstage. Like, all right, it's time to go. <laughs> Rubs the ramp. Out, out, out pops. Uh, out pops. Awesome Kong. Uh, not sure gold's the most flattering color for Kaya Stevens, but uh, I do enjoy seeing Awesome Kong. She put her. She did her finishing move on B, and then Brandy provide. Was it? A, was it a blade or was it scissors? I couldn't tell. Uh, it, was, where it, was it, was it was. It was a knife. It was a. It was a blade. So it was a knife. It was a shoot knife, and then <laughs> Awesome Kong uh, shoot cut B's hair. Yes. Uh, so and took it as a trophy. So I'm kind of into this voodoo collecting trophies of uh, people you've beaten up, maybe turning in into a voodoo doll sort of situation, uh, and then eventually just playing with them like dark helmet and space balls, and then making them kiss and such. Yep. That's what I would do. Yes, that, that of course you would, Chris. That, that sounds like you. So the the show went live and it opened up hot as we got proud and powerful of Santana and Ortiz. Excuse me, going against the young bucks of Nick and Matt Jackson. I just gotta say it right off the bat, man. Nick Jackson's hairline is looking rough, as, even from the even from afar. Yeah, which I, I will where say we it looked worse from afar than when we were in DC and we were closer yeah. up. Uh, and, and this is coming from two gentlemen, uh, A, who could stand to be in better shape. B, one bald, the other baldane. So, yes. look, Nick, we understand. Um, but, yeah, it's it, it's looking a bit rough. This match was the perfect opener. Uh, you had drama. You had excitement. You had intense, crazy tag combinations. You yeah. had uh, the hilarity that is the entire existence of Ortiz. He's uh, one of my new favorite people. Yeah, uh, I, I I realized, I started to learn it when we went to that WrestleCon show that they were on, and, and we got yeah. to see them against um, Team Tremendous. Uh, That's right, yeah. Uh, and it was further underlined in that six-man tag at Dynamite, but really, uh, after this show, uh, Santana and Ortiz are one of my favorite duos in professional wrestling, full stop. Um, 
they're just so much fun and and they're really enjoyable and a lot of times there are guys who kind of run that like yes I'm a heel but I'm really fun so I'm a face so like it, it almost feels like they're not playing the character right yeah there's something so real and true to how they act that the the kind of face side of their character does not diminish the heel side I, I don't know how they get that balance as good as they do but they really pull it off they really own it and they are fully formed and it, they are a great tag team like I never really watched any of their stuff because I didn't watch Impact and I didn't you know didn't see them on the indies aside from that one morning show that we saw at WrestleMania weekend so this is really you know my first exposure to them and um, I'm 100% in on it and they're a perfect pairing with the Bucks yeah. um, just you know in terms of offense and and being able to to work the way that they do it was a really fun match um, and I think the right team won here uh, I don't think you know had the Bucks won a match. Um, they <laughs> maybe a tag match on Dynamite yeah, or something. Uh, I, I Six think man? I think they won the first. Uh, yeah, they won the AAA tag belts from. Um, oh yeah, uh, Lucha Bros. They beat. I believe they beat the Brotherhood uh, at Fight for the Fallen. Um, so they've got a, a decent record. Oh, and of course they've won matches with Kenny. Uh, yeah, as the yeah, elite. yeah. Uh, but for the most part, the Bucks are definitely doing their due diligence of putting teams over and and, and making teams seem like a threat. Um. The whole story about this, uh, Nick Jackson ended up kicking the ring post, so then it was mm-hmm. a lot of knee work and that sort of thing. But what was also interesting and came into play at, uh, after the match is the Rock and Roll Express in 2019 <laughs> were uh, in the front row. There was some jaw jacking from, obviously, Santana and Ortiz. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Santana and Ortiz won, there was a whole to-do with... Um, was that did Sammy come out at that point? I feel like he came out and he had the uh, the sock. Yes. He had the prison sock. Yes, um, yeah, and he was doing his video vlogging thing yes. as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, there was a whole to do about uh, Santana Ortiz continuing to beat up the Young Bucks, and that led uh, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson to jump the rail uh, again in 2019. Uh, and there was a woman two rows behind us <laughs> that was way into the Rock and Roll Express in 2019. And th- she did not look she, old like, enough she to be like, a ring rat. Yeah, she looked like our age. Like yeah. she, uh, she, not a spring chicken by any means, but also not super old. It was just like, wait, what, uh, what, huh? Yeah. <laughs> If, if you would have told me at the start of 2019 that the people we'd see wrestle the most live this coming year would be the Rock and Roll Express, I would have laughed in your fucking face. Yeah. But here we are. Uh- <laughs> and also the fact that I've seen fucking Ricky Morton do multiple Canadian Destroyers and multiple yeah. suicide dives in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, his Canadian Destroyer, let's be honest, it's the other guy doing all the work. But his suicide oh, yeah. dive is incredible. For somebody who's what pushing sixty or over sixty, yeah, I think he's sixty-five years old. Jesus Christ, man! Yeah, no, hey, man, you know if you want to, that's what you want to do. Do it, people. People popped, and uh, that's that's what matters. Um, you know, bucks, uh, bucks lose, put over, uh, proud and powerful, which still still not in on the name. Hopefully, it'll grow on me. Uh, I I'm I'm into it between the promo that uh, they cut on that aforementioned countdown show and also their theme music, which I'm starting to really love. Theme music is good. It's one of the better ones. The, you know, the theme music in AEW is is a mixed bag. Yeah, it it really is. I mean, aside from 
but but again, I don't. I was thinking about this last night during the show. I don't know if it's just because we knew the Young Bucks theme and the Cody theme prior to AEW. Mm-hmm. Like if those themes were fresh. Uh, with everybody else's new themes. I don't know if it's just the newness of these new themes that we're not used to them or if they're just a level of average uh, <laughs> that yeah, is, yeah. you know, just there. I haven't decided which of that it is yet. Um, but Cody's and the Bucks stands out. Uh-huh. Uh, the Lucha Bros theme, I think, is one of the better ones as well. I, I uh, wish that uh, Kenny's did not have the really shitty vocals. Yeah. I do the, the the Mox theme. I enjoy because it's a really chunky riff, uh, yeah. and, and I'm into that. Um, I guess the Hangman theme is kind of uh, recognizable as well. I think well. it's the same one he had in Ring of Honor. Uh, is it? I, I think it's the same piece of production know. music. Uh, and okay. of course, Judas. Oh uh, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know. And the dude, people were fucking singing along yes. to Judas. Uh, that guy next to you was. Was way into Judas. Yes. Uh, yeah, he and was, I feel was sorry all... for his uh, Instagram friends because he was posting stories from the show, <laughs> including <laughs> him singing very loudly some of the entrance Ooh, music. Yeah. Boy, yeah, yeah, I did that at the Metallica show, and somebody commented like, "Who's that asshole singing?" I was like, "I don't fucking know." Can't <laughs> 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 carry your fucking tune. Then I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the op- opening match was was a really good uh, opening match. I yes. was I was I was happy uh, to see. Uh, you know, it's always fun to see the Bucks, yes. and I'm I'm really pleased with how uh, Ortiz and uh, and Santana are going there. So uh, mm-hmm. that was a good start. Next up was uh, was next up Page and uh, yes. and and uh, Pack. Yeah, the Hangman Bastard. Page and Pack bout number two, sort of their rubber match. Um, Great intensity in this match. Uh, it, it was it was less about the flippy doos and, and that sort of thing, more about just two guys beating the fuck out of each other. Um, I think this might have run a little long for the live crowd's taste, uh, but I was into it. Uh, really, the only complaint, as you so wonderfully uh, shared on our Twitter account, um, don't know why Hangman Page is a sparkly cowboy. Yeah, uh, sparkle bottom page. Yeah, probably could, could uh, you know, stand to go with a bit more of a, a tarnished chrome look. Uh, for those tights, um, but well, maybe he got a uh, a sponsorship with the as seen on TV people, and he's doing a newbie dazzling gun. It's possible. It's definitely you know? possible. And, and look, if sparkles make you feel better when your horse dies, then by all means, sparkle it up, Paige. But um, oh god, sorry about your dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but oh, uh, Hunter Horse Helmsley, R.I.P. Yeah, uh, th- this was. Definitely one of the first times since AEW started, and it's sad to say this considering the, the spots he's been in. This was the first time it was like, oh, yeah, Hangman Page could be a top guy. Like, he he had the crowd behind him. He looked good. There's still some, you know, uh, refining he needs to do. His standing shooting star doesn't feel right for him. It's a little too no. It's a little too shiny. showy. Yeah, a little too showy. Granted, by comparison, the, like, running shooting star he does off the apron feels right. I think it's because yeah. that feels more like crazy, risky, well, cowboy shit than, <laughs> you know, the standing one. Because um, yeah. that feels more like, you know, something a gymnast would do. Uh, yeah. And and as much as, you know, Paige showed his medal, um, Pac really showed how fucking great of a pro wrestler he is. Yes. That guy is just a fully formed, like... You know, he's maxed out all of his levels of, yeah. of everything. You know, <laughs> if you were to create uh, a diminutive pro wrestler in, in a lab, it would probably look like Pac. Uh, maybe add a couple inches to his height. But uh, yeah. other than that, the kid, the kid, well, he's probably younger than me. Yeah. I don't know. Most people are. Um, 
in the business at least. Uh, I just think he's just so good. Everything has uh, purpose. Everything is crisp. You know, he, he does the, the showy flippy do's, but only when, uh, when he needs to, uh, I just love fucking watching him go. I, I know, uh, this might be a controversial sentence, uh, but I think the, the time in the WWE machine was good for Pac because sure. he learned how to carry himself as a star and present himself with a character. That's not to say that guys who are now coming up in AEW versus NXT or what have you uh, aren't going to have that. Um, there's one guy who we will talk about later on who only got a promo who immediately felt more like a star than he has in, mm-hmm. in you know since his debut. But again, we'll get there when we get there. Um, but Pac feels like he's more complete wrestler since he had that time in the WWE, however ill-fated it was. Yeah, and then, you know, he took what he learned there and then, you know, went back or went – he was he was, he was was kind of the bastard before, right? Yeah, yeah. He was the – when he was uh, in Dragon, Dragon Gate and, and doing the UK Indies, he was the bastard there. Um, yeah. So it, it, it was appropriate. So um, – Page goes over. Page goes over and it rolls on into match number three, which was the most questionable booking decision of the night as Sean Spears, a guy who, as I as I said to you during his far too elaborate intro, it's very funny that the whole feud between him and Cody was about how Cody thinks he's just a good hand mm-hmm. and uh, not worthy of being a main event star. He's now falling mm-hmm. in the spot of being a good hand and he's not a main event star. Yeah, how about um, that? Uh, so with Sean Spears and Joey Janela, uh, crowd shockingly up for Joey Janela. Um, I don't think it's that much of a shock. Uh, I, I, I will the say level of exposure the, of a Janela. You mean? Yes. Yes. I, I uh, seeing the Baltimore crowd as up for Janela as they were tells me that the, uh, past few weeks of Janela being put over on dark and dynamite is good. Um, and it's working. Cause I, I definitely think Janela is a guy who they have a, an interesting future with cause he's yeah. shown he can do more than just fall on things. Um, yeah, which he does really well, granted. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, the guy, you know, he's uh, he's a fun promo, um, and he can uh, he can wrestle as well, which is kind of something you want from your wrestlers. So yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of potential there. I'm curious to see where they um, where they have him headed next. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't imagine this feud's over uh, due to the, as you said, most questionable. Well. Second most questionable booking of the evening, uh, in in my mind, of fucking Sean Spears beating Joey Janela. Now look, I get it. You want to do the throwback spot from the Brainbusters and have Tully do the assisted mm-hmm. pile driver with Sean Spears on Janela, and I'm sure for Janela it was really cool to take that spot and mm-hmm. and all those things. But I see zero upside in putting over Sean Spears, unless this is supposed to be a restart of his, of his, uh, a push. Um, as we were talking about, as we were walking to the car, you know, it felt like, Oh, okay. Um, go coming out of all out or actually heading into all out. It seemed like that the Sean Spears, Tully Blanchard duo was going to be the beginning of like, you know, the Legion of heels to go after Cody Rhodes. Right. Um, and certainly after tonight, there's another person you could add to that unless he's going to be on his own, which he should mm-hmm. be more on yes. that later. Um, but instead, he just was Sean Spears and no one gave a shit. And then he's had some random matches on Dynamite, which no one gave a shit about. Like, yeah. his match against Moxley was fine. Like, it was executed fine. But, yeah. you know, if you thought for a minute that Sean Spears was going to win, you're crazy. 
it just there's so there's so much more upside in Janela, and maybe the idea is they're gonna run a feud for a bit between those two for yeah. Janela to get a little bit more refinement by a guy who has been uh, talking back to Pac, uh, you know that WWE system, hopefully yeah. uh, giving Janela those extra tools just by having him under a good hand like Sean Spears. But I just was like, why why did they do that? Like even a DQ finish would have been better. Yeah, I think they're trying to shy away from those, um, and rightfully so because they're overused elsewhere. But, uh, but yeah, I just I have been saying it since the beginning of AEW. I don't get Sean Spears. I know he's yeah. friends with Cody, um, but I, I guess you need mid card people to put to build stars and put people over eventually. And yeah. if if it takes Janela losing to him the full gear for Janela to you know rise up and and beat him or whatever eventually. I guess, but I just I don't have interest in seeing a Sean Spears match. I just yes. the guy does nothing for me. Yeah, um, it, it's it, it is what it is. Um, it, it was very suspect, uh, but well, you know, we'll reserve judgment and see where they go with it before uh, making a final assessment. I guess. I don't yeah, know. yeah. I, I I will give the credit that this was the first chapter of the story. Therefore, maybe it will play out better because they, as a company, have not conditioned me into not trusting them. So True. far, True. it's been good to trust them. Um, Until the tag match. Well, we'll get there in a minute. We'll <laughs> oh, yeah, the minute. women's match. Oh, well, no, no, no. Uh, between um, oh. uh, Janela and Spears and the three-way tag match, uh, we oh, had right. a backstage promo. Uh, first things first, Golden Boy was the yeah. backstage promo guy. And already, what an upgrade from Alex Marvez. Now, that said, <laughs> I'm going to get on uh, my... my uh, my soapbox here and just say this Tony Khan if you're listening because you listen I have no doubt Tony Khan sir hi uh, I don't know if you saw this week but your boy Chris Jericho was doing local publicity for AEW and there was a gentleman who we just happened to be friendly with who did some local publicity with him and set him up and made him look like a bigger star than 99% of the people, A, who you have as backstage interviewers, and B, most people who do these type of, you know, local publicity spots. His name's Justin Schlegel. You should hire him immediately. And uh, the fact that Alex Marvez is collecting a paycheck and a guy like Justin isn't is absolute bullshit. So, yeah. Agreed. Yes, co-signed everything Marty just said. Plus, yeah. um, you know, if you need him to, he'll uh, he'll he'll spread his balls into a bat wing for your pleasure. Yes, yes. Uh, that said, Golden <laughs> Boy. That said, uh, are you thought, familiar? Have you have you ever uh, seen a bird bath, Marty? Uh, I, I have not. Are you familiar with the bird bath? I I've heard tale. I <laughs> have not. I have so not. Bird- just a just a quick detour to tell uh you know just to inform the people here inform the masses because that's what we're here for we're here for yeah. your entertainment ladies yeah, and gentlemen yes. a it's bird broadcasting broad yes casting. yes uh recommended to not be done around any broads but a bird bath is when one gentleman um stretches their scrotal sack out mm-hmm. uh to the point where you could uh put a collection of water in it and then somebody takes a straw and then uh, drinks said water from said birdbath ball bag. Um, that is, my friends, the birdbath. And uh, highly recommend you uh, not try it at your next social gathering no, because it is no, uh, very no. offensive to the eyes. And depending on the cleanliness of uh, the birdbather, um, I, would, uh, I, I, would, I would not 
it, I would not recommend it, but it is a sight to behold. Yes. So speaking of dicks, we got to Golden Boy, who I thought did a good job as yes. an interviewer, as he's interviewing the newly complete dickish heel, super bad himself, Kip Sabin. Uh, it was just a quick interview to put him over. He came yeah. off like a fucking star and a half. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he talked about how he's teamed up with Hybrid 2 because it seems like everybody's shacking up with uh, different teammates and that sort of thing. And with that in mind, he is now going to be paired with Penelope Ford. Uh, that is a great pairing of people. And, uh, unfortunately for them, I guess we saw them walking out of the venue on, uh, on last night. They were basically yeah. walking out as we were walking by. Uh, no one seemed to recognize them as professional wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I give them a, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thing. You Just, did. Uh, yeah. Cause I was looking at them and I'm like, that guy looks way too put together to be at a pro wrestling show. Especially in Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. And then I recognized Penelope Ford and I was like, oh, right. shit, it's her and Kip Saban. Um, but I I think there's a lot of upside on that guy. He's yeah, we know he's a no, good I, worker. Now we're seeing he's got some personality. He's a handsome fellow as well. Yeah. Um, so if that's an IRL uh, relationship, then they, they move up my power rankings of couples I want to see bone. Yes. Um, because that seems like a really good show. Um, probably a lengthy one as well. I have a feeling the cardio between those two is uh, is through the roof. So, you know, that one, yeah, that one uh, is going to lead to some impure thoughts later on uh, around 1230. But, um, yeah, what? it was a but. Um, I have a sneeze coming on, so go ahead. Uh, I, I thought it was a good promo. thought put everybody over, made them all look good. And then that took us to the other questionable decision of the night. And I, I just got to say, I don't know how this came off to the uh, to the pay-per-view watching crowd, but the live crowd was not pleased with no. uh, the decision here. We had a triple threat for the AEW World Tag Team titles, the SCU duo of Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky defending against Private Party of Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy and the Lucha Brothers of Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix. Uh, big fight feel from the jump. All three mm -hmm. teams super over with the live crowd. Um mm. Just some of the little things that I noticed uh, when the Lucha Bros came out, uh, Pentagon doing his weird little arm shimmy is yeah, like a fucking it. 10. Um, uh, Scorpio Sky getting the local boy pop by doing the Ray Lewis squirrel dance during the mm. intro. That was, that was even more heat for me. Uh, yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> totally understood. Uh, and really private party is super over which speaks to what they've been able to do in just a few weeks of television uh because yeah those guys are really fun you could tell that they were like the first big project of aew to get those guys over and they are over in spades that said mark quinn not wrestling with the sunglasses on for the first part of the match broke my heart a little bit yeah i was a bit of a slight disappointment there but uh maybe it was just he was you know uh he was committed and he didn't want to be joking around here this was serious this was a title shot he wanted to get his opportunity mm -hmm. uh i don't know if the commentary sold it like that or if they mentioned it at all but in my mind that's uh that's what happened there yes um you know this is the match that really got my panties in a ruffle yes. uh i was this is the match i was most uh invested in mm -hmm. uh and clearly my love of Lucha Underground is the reason. Uh, this is obviously Pentagon and Phoenix, my dudes, and I want them to win all the titles everywhere forever mm -hmm. um, because they're fantastic. And uh, still real to me, damn it, I was shoot pissed off when they lost the match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 
it, it was definitely a a surprise because the live crowd really either wanted Private Party or the Lucha Brothers to win. And SCU was super over. I'm, I'm not taking away anything from their overness, but there seemed to be this feeling in the crowd of, okay, you got your tag belts, good on your Kazarian, good on your Scorpio Sky, you got your gold watch run, now let's put it on one of the teams that you can really run with. And it didn't really feel like the crowd wants to run with SCU as the duo. Um, yeah. Also in the match, it was very clear. I don't know if it was uh, an errant kick from Phoenix because there was one early on that. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Killed him. Because uh, Kazar- echoed. Kazarian was definitely a step or two behind the other five guys in the match. Um, yeah. And look, I know Kazarian was also the oldest guy in the match. So I appreciate right. that he was trying to hang. And he's had some performances, especially in the World Tag Title Tournament in recent weeks, that he's looked like a world beater. But in the World Tag Title match, and also in this match here, like the the finals in this match here, uh, he looked like he got knocked loopy in both of them. And it it took away from what I thought was generally a really fun spot fest, which is what you would expect from these teams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. I think it was that kick, because that that kick was just... it, It was a brutal one from Phoenix, but Phoenix you know, is just a delight to watch. He's yeah. so much fucking fun to go out there and, and do his stuff, you know, just walking the ropes because he can and his little flippy do things he does on the ropes. He's just, you know, he's just really exciting. Pentagon has extra charisma for both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the Sarah Miedo thing, super over with the crowd. Everybody was into it and, yeah. and chanting along. Um you know, probably louder than they were saying SCU, but you know, whatever. Yeah, what the yeah, fuck, yeah. You know, what the fuck do I know? Um, but yeah, it, it, it was fun. Uh, pretty much everybody got their shit in. Scorpio Sky had a really good hot tag um, mm-hmm. at one point as well. It's just, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I just, SCU just doesn't seem like, like the team. It, it seemed like either of the other teams yeah. made a better uh, pick. Yeah, uh, and- it, it, it feels like, and, and I, I know this may sound more damning than I intend, but it feels like SCU should be the Sean Spears of the tag division, uh, right. a, a group of solid hands that can yeah. guide these teams through getting better, improving, learning how to work TV, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, versus being the guys. I don't yeah. think they're, they are at that level consistently anymore. And while I, I certainly appreciate the idea of giving them the first reign as sort of a, hey, here's to your decades of hard work. Yeah. Cool. Fine with it. It felt like last night there should have been a change because there were no title changes at all. It felt mm-hmm. like if anywhere, that's where a title change should have happened and it didn't. And it felt like it deflated the crowd a bit. It certainly did me. Uh, I was uh, visibly upset and angry yes. at yeah. the decision there. My yeah. angry tweets would uh, will go along with that. But, yeah. you know, <clears throat> that's just – I'm also happy because it makes me want to watch what happens next and yeah. see where um, the Lucha Bros go because, you know, if I had to guess – I. You know, I'd say it will probably continue because after the match, the lights went out Mm -hmm. and uh, we see Pentagon in the ring standing uh, in front of another Pentagon. Yes. Now, this is something we did not get to see as well as those watching on TV. This is one of those bits of insight that uh, I wish we had gotten to see from our vantage point. Apparently, the facial reactions from Pentagon and Phoenix to this other Pentagon were an absolute delight. 
Phoenix looked completely bewildered and confused. Yeah. Whereas Pentagon's response was almost like, holy shit, there's another me! <laughs> <laughs> Which is fucking great. Um, he doesn't seem like the smartest uh, person in kayfabe Pentagon. Hey, He's just like I, an angry ninja skeleton who likes beating people up and snapping arms. Yeah, so I, you know what? I think for him, seeing another him is like, fuck yeah, let's break more arms. Yeah. He's like an excited dog, kind of. Yes, yes. You know, looking into a mirror, and they did the mirror spots of, of doing the sway back and forth in yeah. unison, and, which, and, which, which was fun. And it's funny how quickly those movements gave away that it was Chris Daniels. I don't know what it is about Christopher Daniels and the way he moves. Uh, it's I, I've seen some people slight Daniels for this over the years, but he, there is such a, a technical smoothness to how yeah. he moves in the ring. Um, I, I've seen some people say that it takes away, that it makes his stuff look fake, but it was just very clear from the minute he started moving. It's like, oh, that's Christopher Daniels. That's definitely right. Christopher well, Daniels. Plus the story, that make, that's the one that made the most sense. Right, right. But um, but yeah, so it was revealed that it was him. So I, I would imagine that the Lucha Bros and SCU would continue because I, I would imagine Daniel, excuse me, Daniels wants to get get his hands on them, yeah. um, as well. So there's a possibility they could still win the titles. I just yeah. you know again, from uh, from Lucha the post, for life. from the post show scrum. Because uh, oh, that's another thing that I think is really cool. Much like UFC, they do these press yeah. scrums after the show. Uh, the hint seemed to be – well, actually, two things were addressed uh, related to SEU. One is they are not free burning the tag belts. So oh, okay. Uh, it, the, the duo that won the belts is going to be champions. So it is Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian. But okay. it sounds like we may be seeing some Pentagon and Chris Daniels singles matches on the horizon. I'm uh, fine with that as yeah, well. Yeah. I, I think that could be really cool, especially because it looks like we're getting Fallen Angel Daniels versus weird Nazi Freddie Mercury Chris Daniels. <laughs> yeah, that 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 choice of getup always uh, always raise an eyebrow to me. Yeah. Um, and I know he's he has a perfect explanation for it, which I've read and I don't remember exactly what it is, but yeah. you know, still a little apt pupilly, and I get a little. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, I believe it's supposed to be an homage to. Uh, I'm not sure if this is still true. Christopher Daniels uh, has for many years played the Dennis Hopper role in the Waterworld stunt show at Universal Studios. This is legit. This is not a joke. What? Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? Yes. Yeah. I forget the character's name. I, I believe the Kevin Costner character is called the Mariner, but I don't remember the name of uh, Dennis Hopper's villain character. But yes, Christopher Daniels has played that villain like that was his shoot day job uh huh. w which i think definitely uh made things work for him when he was working impact it was just kind of like oh well you know i'll go on my lunch break and film some matches for impact and then go do some stunt shows uh but yeah huh. yeah uh that that's what's supposed to be it's supposed to be an homage to his costume there okay yeah. all right i see you chris i see you daniels I yeah Okay, make your money, kid. Make your money. So then we got to the women's title match, and uh, it was Riho defending against Emi Sakura. Emi Sakura coming out, of course, dressed like Freddie Mercury, as mm -hmm. she is wont to do. Um, the video package for this, uh, <laughs> our, our buddy Justin uh, hit the nail on the <laughs> head. Uh, both of them just kind of saying, hey, I want to win. I want to win. Uh, I feel like they definitely could have done a better job of putting over the intense history these two had. They did talk about yes. how Riho was trained by Sakura, how Sakura has literally 20 years of experience on um, 
on Riho, how, uh, uh, yeah, uh, how Emi Sakura trained Riho, how they had matches in Gato Move, which is one of the weirdest women's promotions you'll ever see. They're on YouTube if you want to look into them. What I will basically tell you is they have matches not on a ring, but on a tarp in a setup that looks like a rec room. Yeah, just a generalized rec room. So is it like ultimate surrender? No, no, it does, oh, it does not it. get sexy. It does not get sexy. Well, damn it, any more Default. sexy than <laughs> it, than, than a normal match than would. a normal match would. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, something I thought that was really kind of cool was uh, early on, uh, you could tell the emotion of the match was definitely in Sakura uh, Emi Sakura's head. Uh, before the match started, she definitely looked like she was going to cry at a few moments, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of cool. Uh, the match itself didn't have a lot of heat, which is a bummer, because both those ladies worked real hard. Um, kind of a standard Riho match at this point, where Riho is uh, the young upstart who has the flipsy doodles to get out of different moves and different holds, and Sakura played the big bruiser, um, which is funny because she's not a very big woman, but she's infinitely wider and thicker than Rio is. Uh, I I thought by the end of the match, they got the crowd into it really well. The one bummer for me is uh, I had, uh, I, I've become a fan of uh, a spot that Sakura does because I've seen it in a few different things where she does the Freddie Mercury live aid call and response spot before doing the, um, uh, what the hell is it called? The, uh, that like cross body dive thing she does. No, the, um, uh, the surfboard before she does the surfboard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, she tr- tries to do the call and response with the crowd and some of the Baltimore crowd got it. Um, yeah. But uh, it would have been awesome for the whole arena to do it. But, you know, that, that's just me pointing things out. Well, um, like you said, the, the previous match kind of deflated the crowd a lot. And, yeah. you know, the women were kind of put in an unfortunate spot to have to yeah. try and build the crowd back up. And Baltimore not known for its for its love of uh, women's wrestling. Although or... Riho got a big pop coming out. She got a she got a pop, but once the match started, it was people streaming out to the restrooms and uh, mm-hmm. concession stands, mm-hmm. and you know people didn't really seem too into it. I mean, I was, you know, it took me a couple minutes to get into it because I was yeah. still pissed off about uh, the Lucha Bros losing, but yeah. uh, they, you know, they got me back into it, and I, you know, I ended up enjoying the match. There was a lot, you know. My one complaint is there's a lot of stomp-based offense in AEW, mm-hmm. um, and Riho is, you know, public uh, enemy number one on that yeah, list. Yeah. But, you know, for Stomps her size... Stomps are the 2019 Shining Wizard. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, you know, that if I were to have a complaint, that was that. But there were, you know, her little uh, twists and turns in and out of submissions and, and things like that, I think are clever, and I do enjoy that aspect of her, uh, watching her go. And the little tilt-a-whirly sort of thing into the schoolgirl that she used to, to get the pin I thought was really fun and clever and uh, it, it made sense and you know I didn't foresee a title change happening here yeah um, definitely did not uh, no offense to Sakura just it, it, right it feels like Riho is going to be dropping to uh, another Rose and awesome Kong uh, even yeah. a uh, Jamie Jamie Hader or Shauna or a uh, be priestly like there's a number of women who it feels like it would be an obvious next step jamie um, Hader, please uh also of note uh bryce got a lot of heat at the top of the match and i don't know why uh he got a lot of booze i love me some bryce remsburg i, I no, there there was a spot in the match where there was like a roll up or something yeah. and he um he like did a one count 
and then a shoulder got up, and then the shoulder went back down, and then he started counting again. Yeah. So yeah, people gave him shit for he's... that too, which is weird. Well, for that's him doing his job, though. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I mean, like, like so at the, at the top of the match when they announced he was refereeing, it was hold up the belt. He got a lot of booze, which is weird. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. I was probably still angry tweeting about Pentagon. And then he got <laughs> booze, you know, in that in that spot. And it's like he's calling okay. it like a shoot. He's doing his job. I yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. All I'm saying is Bryce Remsburg is a really good referee, and and the fact that more people aren't giving Earl Hebner shit for just existing Ugh. is beyond me. Yeah. <laughs> Which match did he do? He did the. Uh, he uh, did Sean Spears, Joey Janela. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, that's right. With where, the turnbuckle. Yeah, where and... fucking Spears is tying Janela's hair in the, uh, in the, oh, in the tag God. room. Oh, we Yeah. And, and was... fucking Earl's just staring at it. Like, yeah. The they, fact they're... that Tully didn't call an audible and. Stop like, it. What are you doing? Over. Yeah. You can't do that. Uh, throwing his hands up, doing his little thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and there was also the sharpshooter spot in there where I feel like they could have milked that a bit more. Um, yeah. Well, you didn't notice Earl get down and look right into his face and say, are you giving up? Are you giving up? Are you yeah, giving yeah. up? He definitely wasn't throwing for the bell there. Yeah. 20, whatever, however many days, 22 days, uh, 22 years to the day from the, the, uh, yeah. the screw job. So, yeah. you know, I'm curious if they uh, if they mention that on commentary at all. If I'm them, excuse me, excuse me for the yawn, late night. Uh, if I'm them, I'm not touching that with uh, a 10-foot <laughs> clown pole, but that's me. Um, yeah, but you know that the people who are watching AEW are oh, very much aware of it. Me, undoubtedly. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't have. Uh, so then we had the main event of the evening, even though it wasn't the last match of the night. Not sure, not sure, mm-hmm. The main event of the evening, AEW champion La Champion, Chris Jericho coming out with jake hager he yep. went one big hurt with cody with mjf by his side yes and chris yep props to you sir you called it <laughs> as it was starting how this yeah, you know. go now these guys to, to a point these guys had a great 80s nwa style main event started yes. slow built up uh got juice which I don't know if it was intentional. I don't think it was. I mean, that dive that Cody took was he led with his forehead, yeah. which is not something you want to do. Uh, I feel like he who, rug burned uh, himself. For those who did not watch the show, uh, Full Gear had a unique set. Props to you guys. Uh, and also they had the old WCW or New Japan Tokyo Dome <clears> gimmick <throat> of having a ramp that went directly to the ring. Yeah, uh, as opposed to a tapered ramp, it was just a straightforward ramp that went right to the ring. There was a moment in the match where Cody did a dive from the ring out to Jericho, who was on the ramp, and Cody just ate shit head first. <laughs> yeah, there's no other way to put it, and uh, he started bleeding from that. Um, but you know, you had all all the fiery baby face moments you could want. You had uh, 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 Cody's mom in the front row. Uh, who mm-hmm. yelled, uh, and again, this is one of those uh, things you'd only catch on the show, before slapping Jericho, she yelled, fuck you. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, she yes. slapped Jericho. Um, you had the judges, which were a complete non-factor. Yeah, well, uh, you know what? It, it I liked 
that they did that in retrospect because yeah. you know they announced that it, you know if it went to a 60 minute draw there would be three judges that would decide they didn't announce who they were until right before the match started but announcing that that was a stipulation uh or just uh, a matter of fact of something that would happen it kind of just led people to think that all right we're going 60 minutes here and these yeah. judges why would they do this if yeah. they're not gonna use them and then you know this is a good way of subverting expectations because we were sitting there even i will even 20 minutes in the match i'm like they're only 25 and 25 into this match we got a way to go yeah. um and then it was you know it was around that point that things started to turn i'm like okay i don't think they're gonna go the full 60 yeah. uh but I, I liked that they set it up to happen and didn't use it. That yeah. was, you know, because, you know, WWE telegraphs things on purpose uh, for that reason. Right. And I like that AEW didn't. But the judges, it was an, an esteemed panel yeah. of, uh, of Dean Malenko, uh, Arn Anderson and fucking KG Muto. Yeah. Uh, who, who were just out there with score sheets or I don't know, whatever they were doing to keep score. They, they, they were hanging out and, and granted, yeah, two thirds of those guys work backstage at AEW. But still, right. I, I great panel uh i i joked at the show and i still think it's true that fucking dean malenko should have been wearing a cyclopay mask so <laughs> then when jericho goes to talk shit dean malenko takes off the cyclopay mask but it'd only be good if tony shivani was on commentary to just go right. that's not cyclopay <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so this match it was the one that had the big fight feel mm-hmm. um you know it was and i think cody's done a really good job of incorporating that into his AEW character yeah. and, you know, the prestige and everything, everything meaning something. Um, if I were to have my uh, major complaint of, fuck, I hate Justin Roberts. <laughs> he is uh, annoying. Uh, I don't like his voice. I don't like his drawn out introductions. It well, seems he like he's just trying his to voice put... and his drawn out introductions. Yeah, he's trying to put him fucking he's trying to put himself over and it's annoying. So fuck Justin Roberts. Yeah. I do not like you. Uh, I do not, not like you in WWE. I do not like you in AEW. Please go away and stop announcing. Do not like him things. on a boat. You do not like him with a yeah. goat, Chris. You yeah, are. I'd like him to be eaten by a goat. Go <laughs> away, Justin Roberts. Uh, I do not like you. Yeah, yeah, not, not great. Um, uh, although I, I, uh, as much as I love the way he said John Cena, I don't like the way he says John Moxley. Um, it's just, it's the same fucking thing. It's just infinitely more irritating. Um. But yes. For as much as I like to rag on how self-indulgent Cody is, um, it fucking works. Like, it Co- does. Cody, in my eyes, since AEW's inception, has come off more like a main event star than he ever has anywhere else. And I, I know you're as- a big Cody, Mark. No, I love Cody. I I thought Cody was good. He's fine. He wasn't yeah. like one of my top ten guys. At this point, I think Cody is, like, an incredible professional wrestler. Like, I think he's one of – and I know this phrase gets tossed around a lot. I think he's legitimately one of the best in the world right now. And yeah. the, 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 the hype and the drama of this match is all part of it. Because, you know, yes, he, he even in his promo acknowledged the whole thing. It's like, well, you take away from the fact that – uh, it, it takes away the fact that he's part of management. To me, that right. adds because I know how much he was involved in the planning and the execution of this match and, and the angles within it. And yeah. it just was mwah, superb. Like, it was great professional wrestling storytelling in a way that you don't normally see anymore. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just soup to nuts worked, which I can't say that often about professional wrestling on this side of the country. 
it's it's or this true. side of the world rather. Yeah, no, I gotcha. But you know, for for a guy in Cody who talks so much shit about Triple H, he's really Triple Hing himself. <laughs> yeah, no, they they are a lot more than the same than they are different. Yeah, uh, the intro. Mostly, I'm talking about the intro. Uh, yeah. Cody, oh, you know, we were joking on the way to the arena how Cody's the only one who gets the the elevator ramp and the yeah. big um, uh, what do you call the fucking chandelier thing yeah. raised yeah, for yeah, him yeah, on the yeah, dynamite yeah, yeah. set, and then you know he's the only one that came from under for uh, the the and the elevator for this entrance here, like, and then the, all the fireworks that just draw yeah. drew all your attention to him. I'm like, that's the most Triple H intro I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, um, but you know, it, it but it works. It it yeah. works for how he's presented himself and um you know it, it I'm I'm into it. Yeah. I, you know, it's not it's not so much a complaint as an observation. Um it's working for him. Yeah. And the the match, you know, was worked really well. Like Jericho at forty nine as of yesterday at uh-huh. the pay per view. Yesterday was his birthday, which yeah. was a great bit at the beginning where the crowd was chanting "Happy Birthday, Jericho," and then he flipped them all off, and then the crowd started chanting "Fuck your birthday." <laughs> uh, that was probably the crowd's highlight of the night, right yes. there. Yes. Um, but Jericho, you know, for forty nine, can still put on a type of uh, uh, interesting and fun wrestling match. I mean, yes. he was like a bright shade of red towards the end um, <laughs> from yeah, from, from uh, running low on gas. But damn, you know, it 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 was it was the match it needed to be, and I I liked it, uh, and I even you know I even liked the finish. It it was shocking. Uh, how everything went down. So, so yeah, to, to get into that, um, we had the, 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 uh, we had the heaters on both side. Uh, Jake Hager ended up getting involved. Aubrey Edwards in a big pop moment of the night tossed out Jake Hager. Jake Hager, mm-hmm. uh, ended up attacking MJF in that moment. Uh, Aubrey Edwards, by the way, one of the most over people on the show, uh, as well yeah, she should be because she's an incredible referee. Fun fact about her. You know what okay. got her into professional wrestling? Uh, no. The Daniel Bryan WrestleMania 30 run. Jesus Christ. So she's only been in the pro wrestling for five years. And in, and wow. in fact, uh, this has been pointed out on Reddit and other sites many times. If you watch the Daniel Bryan retirement segment, mm-hmm. she's in the crowd crying. Really? A, a very prominent shot of her on screen crying. And that it was that apparently that. Uh, moment where she decided she wanted to be involved in pro wrestling. She's from Seattle? She's from Seattle, yeah. Huh, how um, about that? So, for someone who, you know, has been in professional wrestling for a handful of years, she is just an absolute top-tier referee. She's fantastic. That's great. Um, so, she tosses out Hager, so only MJF is on the outside. And you said very early on that you thought that the finish was going to be that uh, MJF would throw in the scarf. Yes, I love which I tell. thought would be a great gimmick. And then I saw, then I upped the ante. I was like, well, Cody's mom's at ringside, and they made a big deal out of yeah. it. Maybe they pull an old Survivor Series Bret Hart versus Bob Backlund gimmick, where um, where uh, Mrs. Rhodes or Cody's mom uh, throws in the towel for yeah, for yeah. Cody after MJF um, convinces her to do so. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because that's his best friend, you know. Yeah. And that was, you know, that's one of my favorite memories of watching survivor series back in the day was was that match and you know Stu Stu Hart being out there i mean Bret Hart was in the crossface chicken ring for going on 20 minutes right you know not 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 super exciting but the story it told was great mm-hmm. um because 
if you guys don't remember, and I'm just going to tell the story anyway, Owen was the second for Bob Backlund. Uh, Davy Boy Smith was the second for Bret Hart. It was was it a throw in the towel match? Uh, it was an or, I quit match. It was an I quit match. And Bret Hart, being Bret Hart, wasn't going to quit. Right. So Owen gets Davy Boy Smith to chase him around the ring, trips him. Davy Boy's knocked out on the ring steps, the old blue ring steps, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, that's correct. Um, so Stu and Helen Hart uh, were alive at the time and at ringside, mm-hmm. and uh, Owen playing the uh, the brother uh, who regrets his actions, um, saying, you have to throw in the towel, you have to throw in your towel, and Stu's like, no, we're not throwing the fucking towel because he's Stu Hart, but Helen – Soft spot Helen for her favorite son Brett just just snatches the towel out of two hands and, and throws it in. Yeah. Uh, and Bob Backlund wins the WWE Championship only to lose it six days later in six seconds to Big Daddy Cool Diesel at Madison Square Garden. But uh, that was a uh, that was a story there, and I that's one of my favorite stories of of my early days of watching wrestling. Um, so that's what brought that to my attention. I thought they may run it back, and they didn't exactly because Chris Jericho had Cody in a full on like lion tamer. tamer. Yeah, yeah. This was not a walls. This this was straight up arched wrenched back uh leg or shin to the back of the neck like it looked like it hurt like a motherfucker he had that bitch cinch yeah and he, and he started kicking cody's head yeah which just added yeah. to it so mjf and uh i think this came off better on tv than it did live from our angle because mjf out of the blue had a white towel in his hand well i saw him reach under the ring and yeah. then i see him came up with a white towel i'm like oh fuck yeah yeah <laughs> it kind of it kind of telegraphed it a bit um, but he throws in the towel and, uh, you know, Jericho wins the, uh, inner circle comes out. They all celebrate Ortiz with, a little bit of the bubbly. With, with the bubbly Ortiz is yelling about being the best, the best, the best, the best as one would expect. Yeah. Um, it, you know, they had their little bit and then we come back to the ring and Cody and MJF are in there and MJF is like in tears and apologizing and just saying, Hey, you know, I didn't mean to do this. I didn't, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I was just concerned about you, my friend, blah, 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 blah. Cody gives him a hug. And as they part, MJF kicks him right in the balls. And the crowd eruption just like got so mad and so pissed. And MJF, while walking out, got hit by a, a drink. And like it was just just one of those perfect angles. And and I I'd hate to you know dwell on it. I feel like they could have just got a little bit more juice out of that squeeze we were talking about it you know as the jericho celebration was happening i was thinking what they'll do is they'll they'll leave it open and like jericho could come could have come out on wednesday at dynamite and said you know hey mjf thanks for executing the plan and then it turns to this thing where like mjf swears there wasn't a plan and all these other people convince cody no mjf is against you and then that builds to you know mjf being on the outs with cody and eventually we get to this point yeah um so you know uh i i feel like there could have been just that little bit more but in terms of the match the post-match angle all of it seven out of five stars like it was it was perfect professional wrestling i loved it it was it was a good bit of business it was very well executed um but yeah i'm, I'm kind of with you i feel like they could have because there weren't really 
any teases of MJF like side eyeing Cody or yeah, there you know was a, anything there was like that, I think that one during the debut Dynamite show when he came out with the chair or or maybe it was week two or something like that. But yeah, but that was against like Nick Jackson. It wasn't against Cody. Right, right, right. Like the, the it wasn't as overt and direct and right. Yeah, I mean. I know there were even people who thought MJF was going to turn against Cody in the Sean Spears match and, and, and all that. Um, yeah. So you could say they kind of worked around it for a while. Um, but I guess that means that MJF and Cody is like the next big feud for each of them. And, and if they're that's, smart, that's great. If they're smart, MJF should be nowhere near the inner circle. He needs to yes. be his own presence. And he's definitely he definitely has the ability to carry it by himself. Yes. Um, he, you know, he's such a great promo. He's a great he's just an amazing shithead. And this just sealed the deal on it. And, you know, the crowd was super into Cody. Uh, he got one of the biggest reactions of the night. And Cody yeah. does a really good job of hyping up a crowd as well. Yeah, because um, he just feeds off it. Uh, and, you know, when. You know, MJF was public enemy number one in Baltimore last night. Yeah. Hands fucking down. Um, so I'm curious to see where they go. This is, you know, the the angle where I'm like, okay, we have to kick off Dynamite on on uh, on Wednesday talking about this or, or doing something about it. MJF explaining his actions. Cody wanting to know why. Something something along those lines. I want to, you know, I'm, I'm invested and curious to see where they go um, and how they do this because I think there's a lot of potential there. And the eventual MJF-Cody match should be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just... I can't wait to see where this leads. And, and you know it's going to be a blood feud. You know it's going to get intense. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, has there been a big-time match where Cody hasn't bled yet? Uh, him and Spears. Him and Spears. I don't think there's any blood in that one. And also oh, him, yeah, the, him and yeah. Dustin. Dustin blood gusher, but uh, Cody. That's true. Cody just looked like he did. Um, yeah. But he didn't actually bleed. So... That brings us, speaking of blood, to the final match of the night, a lights-out match unsanctioned between Jan Moxley and Kenny Omega. And I will say that the response to this match has been mixed, to say the least. My response to it is mixed as well. Um, So, like you were saying earlier on, I was a little bummed out that the Kenny Omega we got last night wasn't pro wrestling best bout machine yeah kenny omega yeah i i I would have loved for them to have a traditional match that mixed the intensity and and realistic yeah yeah g1 match Uh, the intensity realistic brawling of one john moxley with the work rate of a kenny omega this was definitely more moxley's match than omega's match Yes. Um, and I, you know, have gone on record many times saying I'm not a big deathmatch sort of uh, guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can. There's there's just so many wild cards with deathmatch wrestling that there yeah. are just uncontrolled and too many things can go wrong. And I don't want people to get legitimately hurt or maimed or yeah. sliced open in, in such a way that in an uncontrolled, as controlled as it can be yeah. um, environment, but it's, it can't be very controlled because a yes. lot of things can go wrong. Um, and I just, you know, I'm not a big blood and guts guy. That That's yeah. just not my style. I yeah. you know, I'm not a CZW person. I know you have some experience watching mm-hmm. stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's, it's, just it, not it's definitely not my favorite style by any means. Uh, right. That said, for what it was, it was one of the more effective matches of its type that I've seen. 
they did an excellent job of building story and drama within the match. I mean, you know, for the Bloods and Guts folks, you know, you had barbed wire, you had glass, you had a mousetrap board, you had a barbed wire scaffold, you had um, a spike. Yeah, you had a, a, a an ice pick. Uh, yeah. You had uh, uh, tables and chairs and um, trash cans galore. Uh, mm-hmm. And for the uh, crazy big Japan heads in the crowd, you had uh, Moxley at the end of the night uh, tear off the actual canvas and expose the wooden boards underneath, mm-hmm. uh, which is what led to the finish. Um, you know, on paper – that just kind of sounds like a lot of random spots. I think they did a good job of pacing them out. I think that they did a good job of building the intensity of each spot. Um, but it wasn't a work rate match. And no, it, you would kind of expect that with Kenny Omega. Right. And my major complaint with it is that it was too fucking long. Yes. Um, yes. They, they, it, it went almost 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just it, ultra it, violence. And that's it felt like it was longer much. than. Uh, Cody Jericho. I, I would have to see official times, but it was. I don't. Th- yeah. I, um. It was probably close within a couple minutes. Um. I, I think. Um. But you know, whereas you were kind of settling in for the long haul with Cody and Jericho, yeah. you were kind of expecting Mox and Omega to just beat the shit out of each other for fifteen to twenty, and and you know send the fans home happy. But no, it was it was double that, and it was just cringy and visceral and i mean it got reactions i'll, I'll give them that yes. the crowd the crowd reacted to all the big spots as you know they should have but it was it was just way in my opinion just just way too much and too long and i just i don't want to see either of these people get hurt to the point where it affects you know the business and the rest of their company you know the rest of their careers and company yeah. and poor renee young singing at home watching yeah. this on pay-per-view with some choice tweets um it's just it, it it wasn't for me um it was it was just super extra there's a, a lot of a yeah, lot of a yeah, lot of yeah. stuff in there i didn't i didn't care for yeah that said there were some spots that i, I really enjoyed the storytelling of you know moxley having to go full John McClane and, and crawl through the yeah. glass to get oh. out of the, I think it was a sharpshooter. Uh, uh, yeah, or, I think it was. Yeah. To, to have to do that. I mean, you know, that, that was really effective and well done. Um, the, and I didn't even realize this at the time, the humor uh, in the match, because uh, w- one of the lines they kept replaying from the Kenny Omega promos uh, was him going, what are we going to do, chain wrestle, John? And, of course, <laughs> John Moxley pulls out chains for them yeah. to wrestle with. Um, so, you know, there was that. And uh, I didn't catch this until it was pointed out to uh, to me on the internet later. Um, fucking Kenny Omega losing after hitting a Phoenix Splash. Huh. Who else does uh, a Phoenix Splash? Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that actually looked like it hurt like an extreme motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, it did. <laughs> uh, yeah, it did. You know, Doing a Phoenix Splash with no water in the pool to yeah. fucking wood <laughs> like yeah unforgiving wood yeah. that was uh that was that was a tough one to watch yeah. um and the and then the uh paradigm shift that mox hit afterwards was yeah i imagine just... that was that was a, a calm delight after the uh <laughs> probably yeah probably but it, that's a one-two punch nowhere. that uh that is just uh just just brutal um but yeah i mean you know it, it just 
it just it just wasn't for me. I was tired at that point. I'm old and I don't, yeah. you know, want to be out till midnight on fucking Saturday. God, I sound like an old fucking yeah, yeah, fart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, no, it, just, it was a long show. It was a four hour show. Well, it was and... a long show. And I had a long week, so I hadn't rested up. Yeah. No, I wasn't I, ready for I, it. What I will say is if you like the plunder, if you like the violence, this is your wheelhouse. If it's yeah. not for you, I totally get it. This is not a match that's going to be on my best of the year list or anything like that. What I can say, though, is uh, Moxley proved without the shadow of the doubt he's a sick son of a bitch. And uh-huh. Kenny Omega proved that if he, he, yeah, if he wants to hang in that, he can. That said, uh, best bout machine, please come back. XOX. Yeah, just, yeah, let, let's go away. You know, you lost this feud. Find yourself again. I don't know who he uh, challenges next. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe they pick back up him and Pack. Uh, I don't know. That would be good. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of anybody else of that caliber. And that, I think uh, I think Mox needs to go right after Jericho. I think he needs to fucking destroy everyone in the uh, inner circle and earn himself a shot at Jericho. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mind that. Here's a question: Was there anybody uh, in AEW that used to be in WWE that was not on the bill? Because uh, we had Mox, Dustin. Dustin was not on there. Well, he's injured. Oh, so. yeah. He's kayfabe injured. Because, um... okay, so you, you had you had Cody, you had uh-huh. Jericho, you had uh-huh. Mox, you had Spears. Hager. Hager. And, Hager, uh-huh. and um, oh, fuck, there's somebody else. I was going through the list mentally earlier. Jim Ross? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Taz. Jim Ross there. Uh, oh, yeah, Taz did commentary on the, uh, on the pre-show. Pack. Pack, that was the other one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's eight or so yeah. of the of the people there. Um, you know. I don't I don't I don't know what the point I'm trying to make there. It just seemed like, you know, for the, the new company of all these new stars, there was a lot of WWE X's. It, it was uh, a lot of X WWE guys. For the most part, though, it's definitely and and I, I hope I don't sound like an apologist here. Um, but it, it's definitely guys who are not True, for the most part, were not presented at that caliber. Aside from Jericho, and Mox. aside from Jericho, and even Mox is being presented in a different way than he was before. Um, well, no, I, 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 but at that level, I, I oh, sure, it, like sure. as a top card guy. Fair, fair. Only, um, only Mox and Jericho were top 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 guys in WWE. Right, right. Cody um, wasn't. He was not. Um, so yeah, look. There's definitely fuel, fuel for the fire if you want to be that guy, and you can't. Um, I'm not saying you, Chris. I'm just saying if you're the type of person who, who wants to say, oh, AEW is nothing but a bunch of WWE cast-offs, you can say that, especially after last night's show. There are people who I want back in the mix very badly. Uh, Darby Allen only being shown in a crowd shot, I think it was during the pre-show, um, That that's a bummer. Um because I think him and Jericho have something special there that I want to see more of. Um, Jimmy Havoc, well, not being on the show. <laughs> I think we know why that happened. For those who yeah. missed it, uh, at uh, Jimmy's Famous Seafood on Thursday evening during the Tony Schiavone birthday celebration, Jimmy Havoc got super drunk, and the person who had to take him out was, all right, all right, listeners, if you want to guess everyone in the locker room of AEW, one person who took him out. And I'm going to give you a hint. He wears a mask. Anybody? <laughs> Anybody? Oh, was, it was Phoenix? Nope. Was it was a Pentagon? No, no, it was not that. It was known shooter Excalibur. 
Hey, man. Uh, I wonder if he was wearing the mask at the time. Does he I wear th- the mask uh, I, I, everywhere? Is I, he full kayfabe? I think he was uh, in this instance because it was a promo appearance. You know, That's true. That's um, true. Uh, I, I will... Could have gone incognito. I will not blow up Excalibur's spot. He's someone who I've met in real life before. Uh, yeah. He dated a friend. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so I, okay. I, I know a bit more about Excalibur, and, and I, I won't super blow up his spot. But I will say this. If you are wondering what Excalibur looks like without his mask, I will just say a slightly skinnier Seth MacFarlane. Oh, that's okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so if you are at uh, Starcade and or not Starcade, Starcast, and Starcast. you're like, is Seth MacFarlane here? No, that was that was Excalibur. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, turns out Excalibur is a shooter and he takes out uh, British boys when he needs to. Um, but you know, yeah, don't get uh, don't get sloppy drunk at a at a company uh, event. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the rule of that's the, the takeaway. Talk there. shit, get hit. That's pretty much what it is. And. Uh, he he apparently choked him out legit. So that's, shooter, yeah, shoot, <laughs> shooter Excalibur from now on. Um, red lobster, right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that'll explain why no Jimmy Havoc was there. Uh, surprise that we didn't see Trent, Chucky T, or uh, or Orange, Orange Cassidy. Cassidy so none of the was best a bummer. The lack of Jurassic Express, obviously Luchasaurus injured, but there. Yeah. You know, th- there's there's a lot of people in the wings that have yeah. not been uh, super heavily featured. We still haven't seen Sunny Kiss on Dynamite, yeah, which is kind of crazy. My to me. understanding, uh, from what I was reading the other day, is that is actually stage fright for one young Sunny Kiss. Well, um, you're not going to get over stage fright until you. That's why face- he's been on Dark so much, and that's okay. that's why they were pairing him with uh, Dustin because Dustin. Uh, which great pairing, by the way. I love it. Uh, apparently, Dustin really gets a kick out of Sunny Kiss and has made him his project. So I that's think that's really cool. Fantastic. No, I'm all in on that. He's a super talented guy. So I yeah. want to, you know, and I always want to see more Jack Evans and uh, and Angelico. Yeah, the hybrid um, two are, are definitely uh, killing it. I feel like Kip Sabian's going to be getting the push uh, after that promo. So there's there's people in the wings, you know, for for more. Um, they have a they have a solid stellar roster. Um, you know, just cycle some of the guys yep. in and out and uh, put the fucking tag belts on Lucha Brothers already. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn right. And why the fuck did Sean Spears beat Joey Janela? The same reason Justin Roberts got hired. Fuck <laughs> us. <laughs> oh, and where the fuck was Gabo? <laughs> it's his name right Smithers Gabo's coming <laughs> Garbo's coming <laughs> all these little SOBs all these little people of his town are SOBs oh, beef. Uh, but yeah that's yeah. his name right the big guy Gabo we saw the video uh, Gabo is coming Ward, 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 Wardlow Waldo Waldo Ward, Ward, Ward uh, Weeblo oh, Bert, Bert Ward Rumlo Rumlo no that was Crossbones Rambo they what got is it? Rambo. They got Rambo. That, that, that was Stallone. That was oh, Stallone. That was Rambo. Yeah. John Doe? No. Not Dale that Gass. One is it Dale Gass? Oh, good old Dale Gass. No. From Arlen, Texas, <laughs> selling propane and propane accessories. Dale Gass. Oh, Jesus Christ. Professional wrestling is dumb. Chris, anything else you want to say before we go? Uh, Fuck Justin Roberts? <laughs> The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Rough House SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. 
Become a donor to The Rough House at patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Hey guys, Justin here from the Rough House Podcast, and as you know, recently I accidentally got someone pregnant, have to have a family. Now, I want you to go ahead and walk a path that I'm not going to be able to. Life, freedom, the decision to do what you want, when you want, that's off the table for me. Not for you. In the event that you happen to screw up like I do, I'd like to invite you to the Suplex Warehouse. Myself, Brock Lesnar, will go ahead and take you and whatever individual in your life that you never planned on being with into the back, and we'll just suplex them for 45 minutes to an hour. Broken neck, broken back, broken spine, doesn't matter. Suplex Warehouse is here for you to clean up after your mess. No pun intended. Should have ended up on the sheets. The Suplex Warehouse has a variety of suplexes. Everything from a fisherman suplex, belly-to-belly suplex, snap suplex. Hell, we'll just swing a metal bar at someone's back. Whatever we can do to take care of you and to get you back on track to that life you planned on living, but because you goofed up in someone's hoo-hoo, was taken off the shelf. The Suplex Warehouse. Eat, sleep, conquer, get back on your feet.